There was a Protestant minister who, in his extensive studies of sacred scripture, and over time, his visiting to Catholic churches and seeing the Mass, was being drawn to the Catholic faith. But his Protestant friends didn't like this. It was a source of tension. It was a source of division. Even his wife's friends were deserting her. But most importantly, his wife, who always dreamed of being the wife of a Protestant pastor, was now seeing her dream crumble in front of her eyes because her husband wanted to become Catholic. There's division in that family. Division is something we hear about in our gospel passage. Jesus tells us, perhaps shockingly, do you think I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. And then he goes on to talk about the divisions amongst family members. But why? Why is there division? Why did Jesus come to bring division? What is this all about? The division is because of those who are following the Lord. As we heard in our gospel acclamation, my sheep hear my voice, says the Lord, I know them and they follow me. Those who are in relationship with the Lord, those who take their faith seriously, those who are following the Lord will find themselves at odds or in tension with other people who want to go a different way, especially those who want to follow the ways of the world. And that can cause division. Division even amongst family members. Jesus, in a special way, is predicting the persecution that's going to come upon the early Christian church, that those who would be following him could be tortured and even put to death, that their own family members would turn them in, just because they were following Jesus. This idea of division can be seen in our first reading with the prophet Jeremiah, as he is following God and declaring the truth that the people must repent, change their ways, and return to following the Lord and obeying his commandments. Some of the people of that kingdom did not like what he had to say. And so the princes of that kingdom decided to have Jeremiah thrown into a cistern so that he would die. But a court official decided that what they were doing to Jeremiah was wrong, that Jeremiah was following the Lord as he ought, and so he rescued Jeremiah. And we see in that kingdom there's division, those who want to follow the Lord and try to do so to the best of their ability, and those who don't, those who want to stay in their sins, those who want to live according to the ways of the world. Where then does that lead us, though? In our second reading, we're reminded that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, and that we are to run the race, that is, this journey towards heaven, so as to win, so as to follow the Lord, staying fixed on Jesus. We have these examples of the saints, and if we keep our eyes on the Lord, as we heard in our second reading, then he will lead us to a greater sense of faith. Staying focused on Jesus and on our relationship with the Lord is how we can do what may seem impossible in following him and becoming saints ourselves. We can recall the gospel passage where Jesus is walking on water and Peter says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come and walk on the water to you. And Jesus tells him to come and Peter's walking on water. That's impossible, except by the power of God flowing through him, through his faith. 
And he would have made it all the way to Jesus, except he got distracted by the storm. He became afraid and started to doubt. He didn't stay focused on Jesus. There can be storms in our lives of division, division amongst our family, division amongst our friends because of those who want to follow the Lord and those who don't. But the solution is to stay focused on Jesus, to pursue a life of holiness, to be a devout Catholic, to seek becoming a saint yourself. Jesus, in his own life, faced much persecution and difficulty and challenge. But as we heard in our second reading, he was focused on the joy that is to come, the joy of the resurrection. And because of that, he was willing to undergo his passion and death in order to make a a perfect gift of himself on the cross, a gift of love, so perfect that it makes up for all of the sins of all of humanity for all time. He gives us the opportunity to be with him forever in heaven when we have the grace won for us on the cross applied to us here on earth through the sacraments, through prayer, through spending time with the Lord. By pursuing growth in virtue, we ourselves can become saints. And through our example, that we too can be members of those witnesses to the glory of God, others can be likewise converted. Others can see that joy that we have Not the fleeting pleasure of the world, the deep joy of the soul. We see that in the apostles as they proclaim the good news after Pentecost. They, like Jesus, were persecuted. And yet they would sing his praises. In fact, we hear in our responsorial psalm, And he put a new song into my mouth, a hymn to our God. Many shall look in awe and trust in the Lord. What that's talking about is the conversion of others by our example, by our love for the Lord, by the joy that we have in following the Lord. Not to say that it's going to be easy, not to say that it'll be perfect in certain senses, but because we have the Lord with us, we can have a deep sense of joy, even in the midst of persecution and suffering. So it's important for us to repent of our sins, to follow the Lord, and be that example to help others to be converted, to help others, to be in relationship with the Lord. The closer we are to God, the more powerful our intercession would be. The closer we are to God, the more we can endure of others who may disagree with us, others who may wish that we would just go away. But our Lord very much wants us to be with him forever. And we are called to persevere in the faith, called to pursue that sainthood, That Protestant minister, he did become Catholic, and that was a great hardship for his wife. But God, in his own time, through her husband and through her own prayer and personal journey, was willing to, his wife was willing to hand over her own will, her own desires, and to trust in the Lord and to follow God. And within a few years or so, she too became Catholic. That man is, a, is currently a uh, professor at a seminary. His son is a Catholic priest, and his name is Dr. Scott Hahn. He wrote many books for the Catholic Church, um, helping people to understand the faith. In his own personal journey, he writes about in his book, Rome, Sweet Home. And so if that interests you to know more about his story, you can read that book. But we are all called to pursue holiness, 
And though we may do so imperfectly, we are blessed to have the sacraments to help strengthen us. We are blessed to have the grace of God be applied to us to help us on that journey. Especially as we are here celebrating the Mass, where that sacrifice of Christ on the cross is made present to us at the altar, where Christ makes a perfect gift of himself even to us now in the Eucharist, so that we can be nourished, so that we can be converted, so that we can become more faithful, so that we can be strengthened on our journey towards sainthood. So let us take a moment now to consider what steps we can take to better further our advancement towards heaven on that journey towards sainthood as we prepare to meet our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy Eucharist.